when Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clap, clap, clap. Les différents podcasts de frappe. Arsenal have been through their mile and a half of pipe like Andy Dufresne in the Shawshank Redemption where you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. El podcast de golpe diferente. But Arsenal are going through their pipe, like I say. We'll be back. The Different Knock Podcast. Maybe we'll have a good surprise for you. Hello and welcome back to the Different Knock Preview Podcast, the latest spin-off show from your favourite Arsenal-based podcast. And I'm delighted the drought has been ended. We've got someone on. Uh, please welcome Dan from the Chelsea Spot podcast. Uh, hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really, really good, for me. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, from Chelsea Spot. I'm sure not many of your uh, listeners have listened to us since <laughs> we're a Chelsea podcast, but it's it's, uh, it's very, very, very good to be on. And uh, to be fair, uh, before we go into anything too much, um, I want to say I've got a lot of Arsenal fan mates, and um, Chelsea Arsenal is always, to be fair, the fixture I look out for. Um, every season, it's my yeah. Chelsea Spurs is the more fierce one, but I, personally, Chelsea Arsenal is my uh, my main rivalry in my head. Oh, absolutely! I don't give a shit about Spurs. Yeah, they're inv- irrelevant. It, it, I know it's so strange. I've always, especially because like the way that Chelsea came up during you know the early two thousands. Like, I think if if Roman never buys Chelsea, Arsene Wenger has a lot more Premier Leagues to his name. Yeah, um, probably. And and so I like that. I, I, there's always been a rivalry in my head from Chelsea, and it's always the game. Like I would, I would happen. Like, this sounds weird. I would happily win the double over Chelsea every season and lose twice to Spurs because I genuinely couldn't give a shit about Spurs. Like they, yeah, they're they going to do nothing anyway. No, no, no. And uh, like it, 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 you know, um, my best mate is a Spurs fan, so we'll love hearing this. But they are just like it's just Spursy. They're irrelevant. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So how how did you become a Chelsea fan? What drew you to the club? So it is uh, obviously money. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> 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 no, well, no, to be fair, to be fair, it was fun. So, you know, my age. Um, so I was born in '97. Okay, so I'm 24. So therefore, automatically, most people when they're a con- you know like a conscious football fan, they understand what football is and what they're going on. It's probably where you are sort of getting to about what six, seven, eight years old. Coincidentally, that lines up in 2003 when Roman took over at Chelsea <laughs> for me. Um, but to be fair, I've got, I just had, it was just one of them, you, you don't really know, do you? I just have family and mates and stuff that were Chelsea fans. Uh, went, to, went to some, I think I went to, um, I've got, um, I live in Nottingham and a lot of my family are from Nottingham as well. Um, they're all over the country. Didn't want to be a Forest fan then? No, look, for, I look out for it. They're sort of a second team for me, but I'm, I haven't always, I wasn't born in Nottingham, but I'm living in Nottingham. But, um, I've got a um, family that are, and I think my first Chelsea game was a um, game against Forest. It was at it was at the Bridge, but it was a Forest game, and my uncle took me because he's a Forest. He is a Forest fan, and um, my first memory of it was uh, I think Chelsea Chelsea won the game three 0 and I think Shevchenko scored. I think it was like Shevchenko, Drogba. I can't remember the third score. It's probably Lamps to be fair, but um, yeah, that was like kind of my first memory of it. It's probably like thousands. Probably I was about eight or something like that. Probably like I was five or six. But um, from going to a game, but yeah, it's just one of them. Fell into it. Fell yeah, no, that happens. So. I became an but Arsenal it's... fan because my dad's a Sunderland fan. He took me to Sunderland v Arsenal, and Arsenal slapped them like four 0 and I became an Arsenal so fan. You pick Arsenal, so, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> that's, that's, that's always how it works. Um, thank you so much for coming on. This is going to be great. As we've said, this is always, especially when it comes to ticket sales for Arsenal, one of the most anticipated games of the season. The mm. game at the beginning of the season sold out in, in seconds for Arsenal. It was yeah. crazy. It was, it was like trying to, you know, it was like gold dust trying to get a ticket. 
Um, obviously, uh, coming both both coming at the uh, at the game, I think from different from different points. Seeing as uh, you just beat Southampton six 0 and we just lost to them one 0 <laughs> But um, I guess it's time to get onto a bit of like a club scout report. And um, I think the first thing I'd love to know is there's. There's a lot of, of of opportunity for difference between Chelsea that I've seen and what I have seen recently, uh, especially in the possible shift to a back four, which I found very interesting, which I, uh, you kind of did a hybrid version against uh, Madrid, which I think Chelsea were quite unlucky to not see that game out. But yeah. um, I guess I wonder, do you think it will be a back four, back three? What can, what do you think we can expect from Chelsea in, in that kind of realm? Um, I'm pretty certain... Um, that Chelsea will start with the back, back three. Because um, we do tend to do that in most games. They, they, they're quite fluid. To be fair, most teams are now. I wouldn't say it's like a like a revolution of tactics or anything too crazy. Um, it's just mm. how well you actually um, execute it, which is the difference between top teams and the, and the not as good teams, I'd say, isn't it? the managers. Because um, most teams tend to have one sort of rough shape on off the ball, one on the ball. Um, but yeah, I think what it will look like on you know on paper will be sort of like the three four three that we usually go to, or like sort of three four two one, whatever you can call it. It's the same thing, basically. You three, you three in the middle, sorry, you three at the back, and then you kind of two kind of wingers slash tens behind a striker. Um, but then yeah, when when we have the ball, and no disrespect to Arsenal, I think we probably will have the line share of possession um, at home tomorrow. To be honest. Um, it kind of switches into a bit of a back four, and one of the one of the wing backs tends to kind of end up as an extra attacker, uh, if not both. And um, so, but you guys will know. I think in the game that started the season, uh, Reece James. I think I think Reece James scored against you guys. Yeah, he did. Uh, and he, he, yeah, he'll pick up those um, kind of positions, um, and that's when you'll get sort of quite often. Maybe Alonso will drop, and then they'll shuffle across, and the right centre back will sort of be like a right back, and, and that's why it's uh, sorry, Aspilicueta functions there quite well at times as well because obviously he's naturally a right back. Um, so it will move around in game, but I think it will be on on paper. Yeah, you sort of three four three that we tend to go to um, in that set of games. But like you said, against Real Madrid, we did look more like just a, a straightforward at the back, at least for good chunks of that game, and it did work. But it's a different game, you know. It's a knockout. It's a knockout one where we really had to kind of um, go yeah, balls to the wall and try yeah. and get goals. Yeah, yeah, we were desperate to get goals. Obviously, obviously, you have to sh- a shocking performance in the first leg, uh, and this I think the Arsenal one will be more happy. Obviously, if we were one, they were happy. Whereas against Real Madrid, we we wouldn't have been. So it's a completely different game. So, yeah, um, no, but I yeah, agree. three four three, three four three. I think. Yeah, um, I. That's really interesting to talk about possession because I don't. I think it's because the the you know Jose Mourinho's Chelsea is imprinted on my brain because it ruined a lot of my childhood. Um, I don't. I've, I don't think I've ever seen Chelsea as a possession side really. So that's that's really interesting to hear. And it's also, you know, like I've said, I don't watch them all the time, so I'm not going to pick up on that. Um, and that's a, that's a really, really interesting transition, especially because you wouldn't, you know, when I when I when I think five at the back or three four threes, you think counter attacking football, non possession, kind of holding yeah, you do football a lot of the time. So it's, I guess, that's also what's made it quite successful. Is is that that? Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, change. sorry, sorry. To be fair, um, Chelsea. Uh, I agree with you. We're not typically a uh, possession team, and I'm a firm believer that possession isn't in terms of the law. I really don't think you need possession to win games. Um, naturally, obviously, quite often, and people always argue, well, we look at Liverpool just beat Man United 4 0 when they win every game, and they have most possession in most games. Liverpool don't necessarily aim to play for possession, they just naturally have more because they've got better players and they're a better team than 90% of other teams, 99% of other teams. 
but they're not a possession team, would you? Man City are, but you wouldn't say it's sort of, for example, Liverpool are. So, and Chelsea generally haven't been, like I say, for like the last 25 years or so. Um, and yeah, usually a 3 4 3. And like Chelsea, the one that's comparable is uh, Chelsea under Conte uh, four or five years ago, because obviously we did a, the same sort of, well, wasn't the same system, but it's the same shape. It was this sort of three-four-three. Obviously, very different personnel. We had Hazard, Costa, Fabregas, Matic. Uh, we still had Kante, but it was a, a better version of Kante. Completely different defence as well. That team was um, naturally a lot more character focused, um, but it was more quick in transition. And I'd actually say that that Kante team, maybe despite maybe being labelled as more defensive, is actually a more entertaining side than this current Tuchel one. Um, I think that Chelsea play a very well-oiled game generally. Uh, we've had pit points this season. We have any injuries like that where it hasn't been well-oiled. But uh, I think last season in the Champions League and for the most most part since Dutra Cobra, it's kind of been like a well-oiled machine that are efficient and get a lot of like one nils, two you know two nil, good at keeping a clean sheet and will rely on the quality and the tactical score. But I think we are quite focused on um, retaining possession and being defensively solid and then trying to hope that our attackers can uh, provide something. Um, yeah, if you it's interesting if you actually look at Chelsea's forward line stats over the last I'm not that into stats I'm more into about watching the game and I, I coach with myself so I, I don't really want to look at stats too much but if you look at um, compared to like some of the other big teams and the big known players Chelsea's attackers and, and sort of attacking midfielders don't really get many everyone loves GA don't they goals and assists don't really get a lot of that um, and it's because I don't you don't see too many actual attacking patterns in Chelsea's play really they just like to try and overload the, overload the wide players um, with the wing backs and then just kind of let them try and work some magic and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but because we have a good defence we don't have to rely on it too much if we get a goal we can usually win the game um, but yeah it's it's one of those ones where hopefully if we pick the right players in the wrong form then you know we, yeah, can, yeah, we yeah. can get the points that's I mean that 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 kind of idea echoes a lot of um, a, a Thierry interview where he talks about Pep Guardiola and he says Pep Guardiola coaches you up to the final third and then it's up to you in the final third to create those moments, to create those yeah. spaces, because you can't, those are the things that you can't especially coach. And I guess a, a, a perfect transition to talk about the Chelsea attack and what Chelsea's biggest threat is going to be is going to be the discussion around Lukaku, you know, a, a transfer that hasn't really worked. Mainly, I don't know whether he was a, a, a Thomas Tuchel type player. I wonder whether that was a signing brought in by the club versus the manager. Because um, there's a lot for me that, that kind of resembles the Nicola Pepe signing for Arsenal, where the manager, you know, even then had come out and said he wanted Zaha, got given Pepe. Uh, Pepe didn't suit the style of play that Emery was playing, def- doesn't suit the style of play that Arteta's playing now. And it kind of seems a bit uh, the, the same with Lukaku. He just doesn't seem to fit that mould. So I guess I wonder, what do you what, what do you think you'll set up with from that forward line and what should Arsenal fans be terrified about seeing as we're, <laughs> we're not exactly in the best of form well first of all I just uh just to touch on the Lukaku thing and um, before necessarily speaking specifically about tomorrow um that's just what I mean I'm not trying to claim or to our own hold like we're not super connected flat and mainly the stuff that we do kind of know a few bits about are more uh, related to the academy but we do if you look back on our podcast stuff, we do have agents things like that on there we've got a few decent people to speak to as far as as, as far as we're concerned and also quite a lot of um, I think the people who know more than us in, within Chelsea are concerned the Lukaku was actually a two-shot target he did actually want him he had to push for it a little bit um, uh, it, I don't necessarily think he was out and out you know I want Lukaku because I really, really love Lukaku. I think he really wanted a striker. And when he looked at what's available on the market, it was Lukaku. 
The only other absolute potential one, which a long shot was Haaland, and obviously that was never really going to happen. Uh, there were heavy links in the summer, but that would take that would have took some serious money. Whereas obviously this summer he's got a release clause, uh, and he can pick and choose his club. So I don't think Haaland was that keen. As a result, the club went to Lukaku. So I think he was second choice, but I think he was signed off and, and you know was on Tuchel's list. Um, people say he's been a bit of a flop. Now to be fair, he's had injuries a lot this season. The interview thing that was in December was blown out of proportion, mainly by Chelsea fans. Um, I'd like to say that all other players in his Chelsea team who split the fan base um, and their agents are out talking every week about how they want to go and sign for a Serie A club but no one talks about it whereas Lukaku does it his his was an interview um, so it's different but to be fair he didn't actually say really what headlines said he shouldn't have done it but I think that kind of he was doing quite well before that he scored against Arsenal he had a really good game against Arsenal I remember he was um, he was killing um, was it Pablo Mario yeah, mate, that, that, game that, does, game. that does not count Pablo Mario yeah. is one of the worst centre-backs I've ever seen yeah. Arsenal, he was he, he was ragdolling him around in that game but yeah he's pretty rubbish but but um, yeah he's, he's had a bad start I don't think he will um, start tomorrow he hasn't started a game since I don't know the exact date uh, but I think literally since like January at least in the Premier League um, but he has had injuries, he had a bit of a recurring ankle injury as well, and he struggles to kind of get back to fitness. I mean, he's an awkward time where Havertz hasn't really been bagging either, but then when Lukaku went off injured, since then Havertz has actually been in really good form. So it wasn't very easy for Lukaku to get straight back into the side because suddenly Havertz is playing well, and even Werner scored in the last few games as well. Um, I know, I know, I don't know, I don't know how that's that's happened. I'm completely <laughs> honest, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he'll play tomorrow. Um, but I think um, we're most likely to see. We'll go through the predictive lineup properly later, but I think you're likely to have Havertz as the main danger man, sort of in in around the box for Chelsea. A little bit off in the last two games, I'd say Havertz from from watching Chelsea again. Um, you mentioned the Real Madrid game earlier, which I think most Arsenal fans probably would have watched. I did. Champions yeah. Game. yeah, a lot of you would have seen that performance. He wasn't terrible in the game. He was just a bit anonymous. Um, you know, made some out and things like that. Shined a bit more. And then in our um, in our last game as well. Uh, he was sort of just there um, against Palace uh, in the cup, but um, before that, he he scored something like um, I think like seven goals in his last nine games, something like that. So he, he's doing pretty well. So I think you'll see him, and he'll be your main sort of um, threat to look out for, and one probably for Gabriel Magalhaes maybe to try and man mark out of the game or something because he floats around, he gets he picks up weird positions. Um, one thing I don't like, and maybe people who don't watch it shows so much think he's a false nine because he's not seen as a traditional nine. I think when he was bought. People thought he's like this attacking mid or number ten or number eight because of the Bundesliga, probably because of on FIFA he's a cam <laughs> or like um, football but, manager, you know things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But when he plays up front for Chelsea, if you actually watch him, although he does drift around a little bit, he kind of is a nine. He's in the box. He's a he's a he's a big lad. His goals come from a lot. Most of them are first time finishes in the box. He is basically just playing as a nine. He just occasionally floats around a bit. But most of them, most strikers do now. Uh, yeah. Look at Harry Kane. Look at Harry Kane. Like he 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 plays at centre back. Uh, and up front at the same time. Yeah, I know it's crazy. But um, yeah, you know, but he, he's going to be the out to look out for and be worried about if you're Arsenal tomorrow. Yeah, and I think with Havertz, I, I, I saw a clip of, of Tuchel, it popped up on my Twitter and he, he compared him to kind of Robin Van Persie and, and uh, he also compared him to Dennis Burkamp, which I thought was a really interesting comparison. Very much a player to drop deep, but also, like you say, pick up those uh, those forward zones. Mm. Um. And I, yeah, I can, I, I mean, they, they, you know, I remember, I think it was the lot, it was the last game at the bridge where somehow we, we won one nil with one of the most obvious handballs I've ever seen in my life from big Bobby Holdinho and, um, you know, the, have a skying a one-on-one and then just for yeah. some, somehow the stars aligned that we pulled that result out of our ass. Um, oh God, I guess one thing that I think would be really, 
really interesting is to talk about that there are, there are some kind of similarities to, to different levels of degrees and, and, and kind of time and progress of, of two teams, two clubs built on their academies. You know, you, you mentioned Mason Mount, somebody who I, up till probably about kind of nine months ago, really didn't see much in. I was like, yeah, I mean, he's a good, he's a good footballer. Mason Mount's unbelievable. And yep. I, I guess how much of Chelsea's kind of, um, how much of, how much do you think, and I don't want to over-index this, and I think sometimes we do, how important is it that that Chelsea's team has been built off of those academy prospects who, you know, have lived around the area, who obviously know what it's like in the same way that Pakayo Saka has been at Arsenal since he was about six years old. The same with, you know, Smith Rowe. We've had him since he was about 10. How how important do you think that is for a football club, having those players around that, that know the club and have been there for such a long time? Um, I put it in simple terms. Chelsea's two best players are Reese James and Mason Mount. They're the best two footballers at Chelsea. And Chelsea are the champions of Europe. And Mason Mount and Reese James are the two best players. Mason Mount was player of the season at Chelsea last season in most fans' eyes. And that's the team that won the Champions League. So that's how good he is. Uh, Reese James, I think everybody sees his quality. England sees quality as well. Um, but you're right that having those players at a local, um, it makes a huge difference, and it's an intangible thing. But it sounds a bit like you know a bit Brexit, but they they care. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying the players that are signed don't, but specifically with Chelsea, if you look at a large amount of our sort of record signings, like our top ten, the vast majority of them are flops. Um, if you include Lukaku in that, again, I don't want to call him a flop yet. It's been his first, you know, first season back. We've got to give him next season, but so far you'd say he hasn't lived up to you know 100 million. Kepa, arguably the worst sign of all time, £72 million. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, 70, 70, £72 million. Havertz was £70 million. He's coming good, but it took him a while. But he's young. He's actually younger than Mason Mount. So, I, I he's not. He's definitely not a flop, Havertz. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, think it's more, you know, Torres, Werner, these guys that you're buying for that kind of money, how often do they actually hit? And that might be part of Chelsea's recruitment system, sure. But, actually, the players are performing week in, week out, and there's no coincidence right now on Mason Mount and Reese James. Uh, Trevor Chalabar, although he's on the bench a bit at the moment, but when he's been playing this season, it's been excellent. Ruben Loftus Cheek has got his head down, works hard, and he's doing well again this season, despite he's a bit older now. Um, and unfortunately, he's left. But Tammy Abraham, um, oh, man, when he was at Chelsea, unbelievable. And in his um, first year at Chelsea, the, the Frank Lampard team scored 16 Premier League goals. Um, and now he's got 25 goals this season for Roma. And I know he's not at Chelsea, anymore, but that's the quality. And, and th- there's always this kind of like... <laughs> back and forth and most of it's like harder being between Cobham and, and Halem. Um they're both class academies. Yeah, um, yeah. Mate, Tammy Abraham. I was he was linked to Arsenal in the summer and I was vehemently against it, mainly because, you know, I, I was kind of stung from signing Willian and dealing with yeah. that transfer. Um <laughs> David Luiz. But honestly, uh Tammy Abraham if we, sh- if we could have got him, we, sh- we should have because he's, he's uh, if, doing sensational things at Roma if, right if now. You, if you guys got would have got um, Tammy, I'd, me personally, I'm, I'm obviously a Chelsea one, but um, and especially with the Chelsea spot, the other guys um, who, who work with me on there as well, Parth and Orlando uh, specifically, um, these guys are, and even more so than me, the academy is the thing. Like, they're the thing. They know, if you ask them to about like the under-12 squad, they'll name them to. Uh, I could do that. But that's kind of what we specialise in. But these guys, we really believe in. And, and yeah, Tommy, if you guys had got him, we'd have been so upset, so fuming. But it, obviously, we don't 
it's a rivalry, so we don't like want to see Arsenal have you know success. But if I had sort of seen Tammy score twenty goals for in an Arsenal shirt, I'd have been gutted it was in an Arsenal shirt. But I'd be so happy for him, and and, and I'm convinced he would have. Uh, and you guys have had, I know, I think Lacazette splits the fan base of you guys a little bit, doesn't he? And, and he's, I think he's okay. He just doesn't really score goals. Um, and, and Tammy, Tammy, I think, I think, do you know what? I think if you just swapped Lacazette for Tammy and had the rest of the, your team exactly the same this season. You'd probably be comfortably in the top four rather than battling for it, right? Oh, now. yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, Lacazette's got two non-penalty goals this season, so yeah. there, there's. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, that's really, really interesting. Thank you for that. I guess um, this is the perfect time to to kind of segue into the game in context. So, both teams currently, you know, there was there was full foolish talk from Arsenal fans a few weeks ago that we were going to push for third. And that was the target, not fourth. And that's fully come back to bite us on the arse. Um, I mean, Chelsea are very comfortably in third. I don't think you're not going to slip out now. I think that, you know, this game means a lot more to Arsenal season than Chelsea's. And to be fair, I think it would be classic fucking Arsenal to play horribly for three games, lose to... Southampton, Brighton and, and Palace and then turn up at Stamford Bridge and nick a 1-0. It's so, so like Arsenal. Um, but I guess with kind of coming into the, the the final end of the season, you've got an FA Cup to prepare for. How, do you see this this game having any sort of impact on your season? Or are you a bit on holiday now? Because the top four is, is basically sewn up. You've got two games on, on Spurs. You've got uh, one game on us and three games on United and you're, you know, six points clear of all, all of us, let alone as you go down, you, you the points gap gets higher. So are, are we already kind of sipping Mai Tais in Marbella? Like, yeah, mate. what's what's the vibe around the season right now? Um, I because think for, obviously there sorry. was a, there was, no, 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 it's fine. There was, there was talk of like a title charge and that hasn't quite happened this season. So is it time to kind of take the feet off the gas not risk any players, try and win the FA Cup to kind of get some get get the season laden with silverware and then you can focus on building towards that challenge next season. Um yeah, I think so on a recent episode of our podcast I actually said or I questioned the people on there and then subsequently after it was posted that I got a couple of messages uh, I was getting I was getting terrored. Um all I said was um like Low key is the season over. Like after it was just after the Real Madrid um, loss. To be fair, at the time when I was um, put back in place on the podcast, I, I completely forgot that we were playing Palace in the FA Cup semi final like the week later. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But um, so obviously, but like you said there, I think um, you may be right in saying, but that's kind of the priority because it looks like Chelsea aren't going to slip out of third place. I admit, um, same as I think you just said, a few of the Arsenal fans there um, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, personally looking over the shoulder, thinking they might have us there because we weren't playing that well but scraping a few results and Arsenal you know they were balling out you guys were doing well um, but then obviously you've kind of lost three in a row so that's kind of fell off Spurs are inconsistent Man United are absolutely terrible West Ham uh, inconsistent you know drew, drew to Burnley in the last game uh, I think they're focused on the Europa League now to be completely honest with you um, so yeah I think I personally uh, from a fan perspective I it's not that I don't care about the end of the games but the FA Cup final against Liverpool now is the only real game that we've got to achieve anything now with the season I think regardless of what we're doing in the Premier League unless there's a major swing in one direction or the other we're just going to finish fifth um, so there's not that much to play for in that sense however I feel like most fans still are 
and, and definitely the team and Tuchel aren't letting anything drop in the Premier League. There's, there's no way we're going to catch the top two. But um, I still think it's slightly weird. It does feel like still something there in the Premier League. But I think it's more just about you know, there's six, seven games left. Let's just make the gap as much, close the gap as much as we can on the top two. Make the gap wider between Arsenal, uh, from us between you know Arsenal, Spurs, Man United. Maybe just to prove a point, uh, and we're still get, we're getting a few players who are finally starting to finally this late in the season finding their feet. So it's actually a bit of momentum for those guys, and it's more about looking at individual performances and seeing who's. I, I think we've Chelsea got a big summer, so it's about assessing a few players and seeing who can maybe stay and who needs to go. But yeah, I think the, the, no doubt the players and fans are built for this game, um, but maybe in the subconscious somewhere. The focus really now and this whole season really lies on the, the FA Cup final against Liverpool. So it might take three off guys. So like you said there, it would be it would be classic for you know, we've we've won our last three at the Bernabeu. I know we went out, but we won three two. Six yeah, yeah. against Southampton and then obviously the semi final win against Palace. So as you've you've lost your last three and one of those was against Southampton maybe six nil. So it'd be classic for you to come to the bridge and, and beat us one nil with, you know, a Rudiger own goal or something tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> um, but we'll have to see. I think it, I think it, I do think it'll be a good game. And, and actually, mm. um, I'm not usually one who pulls out a statistic or anything. I'm not usually a very uh, clued up person. But I was having a look earlier just because I was quite interested in the um, the heads heads recently of Arsenal. I did feel like you guys had the better of us a little bit because obviously you had the FA Cup final a couple of years ago, where it was uh, Frank Arteta and you you guys uh, won that. And actually, Arsenal have won three of the last four against Chelsea. So I think other than that, um, yeah. two 0 at the start of the season, the, we did the double last season because we beat we we three one three one yeah, and one we got no Frank one. sacked basically, which yeah, that because that was that was a, like there is a, there is a parallel world where where Arteta loses that game three one and he gets sacked because that's that is the game that for me I think saved Arteta. We'd gone through that dogged run, and then you know we got we introduced uh, Smith Rowe and, and and got the result there and. And it, it just never yeah. looks back up for him. Can I, can I just say as well, as from a Chelsea fan perspective, and again, we got a lot of bloody stupid debates where people think only one player can be good and the other has to be terrible. Smith Rowe is one of my absolute favourite players. I think he's absolutely unbelievable. I love Smith Rowe. Yeah. Um, I hate it when you see it. It's mainly with like Twitter people, to be honest, rather than actual like real humans. But you get this thing where it's like, if I say, oh, I think Mason Mount's really good, someone's like, oh yeah, but Smith Rowe, like, mate, they're both really good. They're both thick. They both should be in England squad, in my opinion. They're, unbelievable oh, gotcha. players. they're, they're un- both unbelievable players. They're, they're very different players, but they get compared a lot. And I think it's okay to say, like, Smith Rowe and Saka are really good. You know, Mason Mount and you know, whoever else, Hudson Doyle are really good. Comes, like, like you said, like you've said before, I think that comes from FIFA. It comes yeah, from it's FIFA. a load of rubbish. It's, yeah, it's because, it'll, it'll be because Mason Mount and, and Smith Rowe are attacking midfielders on FIFA. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And and Mount's Mount. Another thing on 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 that, is that Mount's um, all season been playing out of position. He's mainly been a right wing all season. And yeah. he, he's he's. I think when he played his basketball previously, both at Derby and early the first two seasons at Chelsea, um, was sort of as a number eight. Um, he's not really even a ten. He's more of a number eight. He's quite deep because he's very good, um, sort of presser and he's very good at winning the ball back. His work rate is absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's actually playing pretty much on sort of right wing, sometimes out on the left in that side of. He's been operating a front three um, this season, and, and he's, he's, he's like I say, he's, he's had one of his best seasons. He's one of the best players in the Premier League. And I, I, I wanted to maybe fire a question back at you. This isn't saying it up for you to say Mount because it sounds like a big Mount propaganda now. But from an Arsenal fan perspective, because I, I don't think Chelsea fans really know who do a rival, you know, an opposition fan actually see as Chelsea's maybe most dangerous player or best player. Because I think Chelsea fans see it as as Mount. 
Yeah, I think from from this point of view, from for example, if I saw the team sheet and there was one player I wouldn't want to be on it from like an, a little injury or something, it would either be Mason Mount or Reese James. I think Havertz, I think you can deal with. I think Werner is so inconsistent. Again, you can deal with. Um, and Chilwell, I think, especially after his strong start to the season, started to worm his way into that conversation. But yeah. I think... For me, Rhys James is the best overall right back in the league right now, going forward and going back. I think Trent beats anyone when it comes to going forward. But if you're looking for a, a full package right back, I think Rhys James is currently probably one of the best in the world, let alone I think he is the best in the league. He's unbelievable. Um, and then you've got, you know, Mount. It would be it would be a coin toss between those two. If either of them missed the game, I would be happy in that yeah. sense because they are two of just I mean some of the most dangerous players I've I've, I've seen on a football pitch um Reese James against us at the start of the season just had the lay of the land on that right hand side and the things that I've seen Mason Mount do this season and like I said nine months ago I thought why are we talking about Mason Mount in the same sentence as an, as an England call-up and this season he should be one of the first names on the team sheet well, I'll put. You know. I, I asked this question to a few mates, non-Chelsea fans, um, yesterday, the day before, and um, it put them on the spot, and they all struggled. Um, right now, so you know, on form in twenty twenty two, whatever you want to call it, how many of that kind of attacking mid sort of operator player in in world football are actually better than Mason Mount? Playing better than Mason Mount, I say De Bruyne is the obvious one, but Mount's better than Bruno Fernandes. Oh yeah, Bruno Fernandes is the most stat paddy player I've, I've yeah. ever seen. So Mount's better than than these guys. That's what I mean. It's not easy to name any, is it? De Bruyne is your obvious um, one because he's maybe the best in the position. But you can argue maybe it's, Foden. It's also it's also difficult because they're they're doing slightly different things. Like yeah. I would say, um, Bernardo Silva is also. Do you know what I mean? Because these players can occupy the same spaces but do completely different things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that with the form that Erdegaard was in. That like he was another one that was starting to worm into those kind of conversations before the international break kind of killed our momentum. But you're talking about being in the conversation with some like you know right now if if you gave me the option to swap Mason Mount for Erdegaard, would I do it probably? Yeah. But again, I I think Erdegaard has the ceiling to be just as good. But if you're talking about who's probably better on form, which is uh, which is more the question. Um, it yeah, Mount is is and this season especially has just been doing phenomenally. Um, final kind of question on on kind of this season, but looking towards next, what do you think Chelsea have to do to catch the top two? Um, and this is irrelevant of of transfer bans and all that shit. You know that's been discussed to death. Oh the, yeah, the, yeah. Club, the, ownership the club boring. The ownership's yeah, boring. Yeah, it's going to get sort. It will get sorted by next season. Yeah, we we. I mean, we haven't even bothered doing a, like a podcast on that. We've briefly mentioned it. Everyone's talking about it. Who cares, man? Whatever. It will get bought by a rich person. That's it. Right. So yeah, irrelevant transfer ban stuff. I think the big thing for Chelsea uh, largely is actually some outgoings this season. There's a few. I hate to say it, there's a few bombers that we need to get rid of who are actually quite rated in world football. This is a personal opinion. Um. And I'm glad there's not going to be that many Chelsea fans listening to this. Jorginho needs to leave this club uh, in, oh, God. in the summer. Um, <laughs> he, he, I'm, I'm afraid he is the most diverse player in terms of a fan base you will ever see. But I think um, most of them that kind of, I don't want to say have played the game. That's such like a Neil Warnock thing to say. But do you know what I mean? Like, it, guys who maybe... It's, it does ring true. Yeah. 
He ain't, he really ain't that good. And he, I don't know, he won UEFA best midfielder over last year. He he was Chelsea's third or fourth best midfielder last season. Mason Man and Gola can't say Mateo Kovacic were all better than him last season. And he won the midfielder in this season. Um, I don't want to pick on him though. There's a few that sort of need to go. I don't think we actually need too many incomings. I think depth. I think our best 11 when people are fit um, is very good and it will compete. Now, you mentioned Chilwell earlier. Um, before it lines up perfectly, our last game before he was injured, and it's an ACL we've done for the season, was in uh, it was back end of November, and we beat Juventus four 0 in the Champions League in Turin, right? Um, and then and in that game, that's when he did his knee. Um, and since then, we've been we still won the majority of games because, like I said, we find we've got a good squad, but we have been really sort of that's when it derailed and we're not in the title race anymore. We've entered a part of the Champions League, and Reese James and Ben Chilwell. Uh, are so key in this system with the wing-backs. Now, they've only started five Premier League games together this season. In those five Premier League games, the aggregate score is 18-1 to Chelsea. And then without them, the drop-off... If we had a a very competent left wing-back who could jump in and just do half the job of Chilwell, I don't think we'd be in the title race, but we'd probably have closed it up already a bit more. But we've got Alonso out there who... um, he, He runs like he's in quicksand and... He's past it. He's good for a goal against Arsenal Spurs or something, but he is, he is past it. He's a very frustrating player, but he'll have, he'll have his moments. But oh, most weeks, he just doesn't put in a good enough display. Emerson's out on loan at um, Leon, and the club desperately tried to get him back, which is quite embarrassing because he's not that good. Um, and the record Kennedy, who some people remember from playing, he was loaned at Newcastle for a bit from Chelsea, who's actually pretty good, but they recorded him from uh, Fluminense or something in Brazil, and he's just been sat on the bench, not played a single minute yet. So, who can play at wing back? So that position is a tough one, but I think yeah, in Chelsea in the summer, a few names have got to go. Werner's time's up, Jorginho's time's up. Um, I'd say keep Lukaku this summer, but there's a few questionable ones that, like I say, in this last few bits of the season, maybe Hakim Ziyech and then kind of people just need to prove themselves. But to close the gap, what we actually need to not do is um, like I was saying earlier, is just splash the cash and trying to get some shiny new toys. Two of them, many of them fail. If we look at the season, that's someone like Armando Broya, who I think Arsenal have been interested in. Um, if we sell him, that's a, that's a travesty. If, you know, assuming we're going to get rid of someone like Werner, I think Pulisic has got to go as well. This guy's an attacker who is on our books on a, a four or five year contract, who's doing unbelievable things at Southampton, hence why he's linked to clubs like Arsenal. Um, and he's, he's right there. Um, defensively as well, I think Rudiger is going to remain at Chelsea, but that's still in the air. But I think that he is going to stay. But um, there's a good chance Azpilicueta goes. I think Christensen's already gone. He's he's at Barca. Uh, well, he's obviously not until the end of the season. But you know what I mean? He's he's gone. Um, so and Thiago Silva's 37. He'll be 38 at the start of next season. Then he's slowing down. Um, Chalabar's good. So obviously he's sticking around. But Mark, um, we saw Mark go to Palace for 20 million last summer. Even though we knew all these people had a year left on the contract, which is a ridiculous decision. Mate, Tamori ch- as well. Tamori as well for 20 million. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's insanity from the club to do that. They know these contract situations, but what they've got to do is not make the same mistake this summer with Levi Colwell. I don't know if Arsenal fans will know, but he's on loan at Huddersfield. Um, unbelievable centre-back. I think probably better than Mark Gurhey in terms of ceiling. Uh, but the the big ones, like I say, Broya and, and Conor Gallagher. Put Conor oh, Gallagher mate. in that midfield. Um, and Chelsea are going to... You know, if you have... I, th- I think the ideal thing, this is from a personal opinion, I, said, I just said don't go and buy shiny new toys. I made one, a load of outgoings in the summer. A load of outgoings. One signing, which I don't think will happen, but I think it's destined to happen one day, is, is Declan Rice to Chelsea. Um, and then we run a midfield free of Rice, Mount Gallagher. And I think that is, that's a serious, that's, that, 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 that's going to be the balance you need in midfield. And I think that can do some serious stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, Conor Gallagher has got some legs. Other than, because, because of the way we, because of the way that we play, uh, I, I, if I were to steal a player from Chelsea right now, uh, I don't think I'd go for Reese James purely because you know we seem to have sorted our right back issues, even though he's been injured for about seventeen years. Yeah, um, I'd either take Mount or Gallagher for Gallagher because we need a new central midfielder. Gallagher, on, on unbelievable player, he's been... Un- absolutely unbelievable player. Yeah, he's got. I, that's I, what I mean. I, trust the youth. Trust the youth. That's what I, I watched the um, FA Cup semi final, and I honestly think if you'd have let him play, Palace might have won. Yeah, I think they. He, he so because... that, that game is one of them where it's Chelsea's choice. It's not like the Premier League where he can't play. Yeah, um, that one's Chelsea's choice of cup game, and Chelsea didn't let him. And I think a strong point of that is because he is Palace's best player. Um, yeah, they've got some great players. Zaha's obviously unbelievable. I love Elise and Eberichi Eze, uh, Mark Gurhi at the back, obviously former Chelsea player as well. Tyrant Mitchell, they've got a great squad. Palace very underrated, but yeah, if you put Gallagher in that midfield, he could boss us. And um, I haven't even mentioned uh, Kante really. There, I don't think he needs to go in the summer. Kante's legs are falling off. Um, uh, I think generally across fan bases, he's still rated as one of the best midfielders. I think a lot of people, if you make like your best Premier League eleven, he's in there, and I think that's fair enough. But actually, um, I love him, and he still puts in monster classes when you need him to. But he really can't play every game of the season anymore. He can barely no. play. He can barely play half. He's picked up injuries and stuff now. He's still a great player, but when he's fit, but he's not fit often enough. So that's why someone like Gallagher, um, and I think yeah, bringing someone like. Amanda Broye instead of going and signing some crazy players is what they need to do something to close the gap. Trust those guys because we've proven it with like some Mount and Reese that we don't need to go and do that. They're, they're our best players, um, and hopefully that means we can close the gap um, next next year. Amazing. Alrighty, let's move on to some predictions. Oh jeez, Dad, not the car again. No, oh, happens all the time with old Betsy. Have you checked out Carvana yet? They have thousands of cars for under $20,000. But do those thousands of cars have personality like old Betsy? Betsy's held together by tape. And there are raccoons living in the engine. It's a family car. Uh, there are flames on the hood? Ah, custom paint job. No, Dad, the car's on fire. How many cars did you say Carvana had? Visit Carvana.com to shop thousands of cars for under $20,000. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. So, uh, I mean, a predicted lineup for me. I have no clue whether we're going to rush off um, right back back from injury. I hope we don't, because I think the thing is, is we could play our best eleven tomorrow and, and still lose. So, I'd rather reserve him for the United game because I've watched them get battered this evening, and they're so get atable that I'd prefer to keep him fit for that. Yeah. So, I'm going to go Ramsdale in net, um, White and Gabriel centre backs, Tavares at left back, and I'm going to pray to God that Reese James doesn't give me an aneurysm against him. Uh, Cedric at, uh, at right back, and thank God you don't have Ben Chilwell because that is a that's another aneurysm waiting to happen. Uh, Sambi, and then probably Xhaka and Odegaard in the middle. Uh, I think we'll see Saka on the right, Smith on the left, and uh, Martinelli through the middle. And I like that. From hopefully, me. hopefully we can we can nick a goal and then defend for our lives. I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go with what I'm gonna call positive and say a one all draw. <laughs> That's about as positive as I'm going to get. Um, what formation do Arsenal play? That sounds like a four-three-three again. I don't obviously watch Arsenal. But what what sort of it's formation weird. do you guys play? So what seems to happen is when we have the ball, it's a bit more of a four-three-three with kind of uh, what would have been party at the base driving forward, and then uh, Xhaka and Erdegaard as kind of eight, and then. Um, uh, Saka and then what was Martinelli on the left but I'd probably put Smithrow there and then Lacazette dropping uh, in, in the centre but you know apparently he has COVID I don't know if that's true 
Um, but then kind of in defensive phases, we tend to drop into like a 4-2-3-1, Sammy and Jack. We, we just tend to sit deeper and, and kind of... And uh, it, it, the thing is, as well, is it really does depend. Because we're now having Lakonga at the base, I can see us playing a bit more of a 4-2-3-1 with, with Xhaka sitting a bit deeper alongside Lakonga. Um, but I hope we kind of go for that four three three because it what it has done is it's meant that we can we can get Erdegaard quite close to Saka and have the, that combination play on that right hand side create some kind of numerical overloads on left backs this season and especially because we offer absolutely nothing centrally at the moment being able to do that on the right and the left hand side has become super important for us so I think it like you say it's it's never it's never a FIFA formation that you see it's always no. kind of something in attacking phases something in defensive phases the first the best football i've seen arsenal play this season has been in a, in kind of this hybrid 4-3-3 and i hope we can find a way to make that work even with the players we're missing is tavares good yes but only so tavares is good if he has tommy asu on the other side right so because we because Tommy Asu again is a very much, very much a reserved fullback. It gives Tavares that Tavares is a left winger playing at left back. So having that basically a centre back at right back and building with that three there and allowing him to push up onto that kind of fifth attacker channel makes a lot of sense. And then he's really struggled in games when we've got, you know, our Sunday league right back Cedric in there. <laughs> so he, he's good and has a lot of potential and was really, really exciting at the start of the season. And I saw him play against Newcastle and he was, you know, he's good. He needs to stop doing stupid shit like shooting from 40 yards on his right foot. But he's definitely got the minerals there to be a decent Premier League player. He's definitely one that needs to be catered to by system. Though You need to have a more defensive option on that right-hand side because he is going to be, you know, in Rosehead behind Chelsea's goal, trying to whip crosses in. Um, and then, you know, he's quick, but sometimes he's not going to be that quick at getting back. Yeah, the, re- the reason I ask is because um, the only time I've really watched him play was uh, at Forest the Arsenal. And Jed Spence fucking dogged him the whole game. Um, Brennan Johnson, they killed him out of there. I don't know we Forrest took him off well. 35 minutes. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, it, was, it was one of the worst. To be fair, it was partly because Brennan Johnson and Jed Spence were playing amazing. But he is a Premier player. They are championship players. Uh, and he was getting... He was getting killed out there, and that's the only real time, or at least the last time I really saw him play. But I think I did. You mentioned Newcastle game in the back of my so I've got that. It was that early in the season? I feel like I watched yeah. him, and, and I, I got a good impression. And same with um, Lokonga as well, who I think is a bit of an unknown. Yeah. Uh, and I got good impressions from him at the start of the season as well, because you don't really see Thomas Party a lot, because he's always seems to be injured for you guys since he signed. Yeah, he's he's had a couple of dodgy injuries. He was out for a little bit at the start of the season. He's obviously out pretty much for what seems to be the, the rest of the season now and then had his worries last season. Um, and we we basically signed Lokonga as an understudy. You know, a player pretty much in the mould of Thomas Partey, just not as mature and doesn't have the same refined skill set yet. But he he looks like he has the potential to become that player. He, you know, um, whenever I've seen him live, uh, in the stadium as well. My, I, I went to the Newcastle game with my dad and my dad's very much uh, an absolute lovely man, but not the kind of person that would pick up on anything deep in, yeah. in you know, in, in football or tactical. He'd, he'd be like, just pump it long, whip balls into the box, get your head on it kind of type. Yeah. And he, he he spoke to me after, we were speaking after the game, he's like, look, Ongers, what a player. Mm. Yeah, um, I remember that. I remember that. 
he's uh he's definitely got the ability to 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 kind of take that mantle on which is good because party is not young and does have his injury issues i'm just hoping that we're not gonna the thing is is with these injury issues we've obviously had to put him in and i don't know if he's ready to be starting big games like this and i don't want it to kind of knock his confidence but trial by fire i guess i guess we'll see whether 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 he is good enough now uh, tomorrow what about you what do you think the lineup's going to be for for the chelsea um, yeah, so I think I'll go with what I think it's going to be rather than what I uh, want it to be because uh, there is some differences. So this is what I think it will actually be. So yeah, um, obviously Mendy in goal, um, one of the best keepers around. So yeah, Mendy, Mendy in that. It'll have to be Alonso uh, left wing back because um, that's the only real option. Um, back three, I think will be Rudiger on the left, Tiago Silva in the middle, and I think it will be Christensen on the right, which I'll come back to in a minute. Reese James right wing back. Uh, interestingly, in the midfield too. So Kovacic is injured, and uh, Jorginho is not playing That's well big. at the yeah, and and Jorginho is not playing well at the moment, and I don't think Tuchel's is uh, not in Tuchel's good books. Um, so I actually think it will be Kante and Loftus Cheek as a midfield too. Uh, Ruben's in good form at the moment. Um, front three, I think, despite his performance against you lot early on in the season, I don't think Lukaku will start. Like I said earlier, I think it will be Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, and I actually think it will be Hakim Ziyech on the right for Chelsea. So I don't think Vernon will start either. Now, I said I'd come back to the Christensen one. So Christensen, like I said earlier, is probably on his way out. He is on his way out. He's, he's gone. And for some reason, the last few games, despite the fact that he's been good every time he's played this season, um, Chalabar's not playing and sometimes he's not been on the bench. Dusha was asked about this and it's not injured. He's not got COVID. He is by choice not in the squad. Um, even though they're like, there's sometimes two left backs on the bench, or um, Malang Sar, who is okay, but obviously never really plays. He's, he's a pure rotation sort of Carabao Cup player, is on the bench. Uh, and we've even had two goalies on the bench in games. And for some reason, Chalabar is not getting the squad anymore, he, even though last month he was nominated for Premier League Player of the, player of the Month. He didn't win it, I can't remember who did. And he plays well every time he plays. And weirdly, he's not going to look in, especially over Christensen in that right centre back spot, who um, hasn't been playing well and is on the way out. So it's a weird one. Um, I think it will be Christensen. There's a good chance he'll be asked to play quite as, you know, as well. Um, I'm just, I'm, just, I just think it will be Christensen. I've just got a feeling. But then, um, who, who I think is a bit ropey. I think you can get him. He had a bad game against Real Madrid. Vinicius Junior almost ended his, ended his career. Um, uh, but Silver and Rudiger, everyone knows, are pretty solid. Uh, especially, you know, I think Rudiger has become one of the best centre backs in in Europe in the last sort of eighteen months. Um, and in the back three just help him but you've still got to be good to be good in the back three um, especially but, at the role that he's doing yeah and he's on the wrong side because he's, he's he's, he plays on the left and he's yeah. right footed as well which people under sort of estimate the actual challenges that provides um, because it's, especially because it's like like angles with your body angles with your hips the way yeah. you have to pass the and ball Chelsea play and, out from the back obviously yeah. as well so what it does open up is and he does it at least once every game uh, is he bangs one from 40 yards he scored one this season which I was against Brentford when we got beat 4-1 uh, a few weeks ago and it went 1-0 up and then about 30 seconds later Brentford scored and then they scored another and then another and then another but he does it every season so he will do that against Arsenal tomorrow so uh, look out for it it'll be hugely in the first half at some point so he will sort of on that left channel he'll pick it up and just bang one um, perhaps there we'll probably just watch it wide but um, um, but yeah I think um, yeah the, the interesting one there probably is Loftus-Cheek in midfield That's but like I say Kovacic is injured scored, scored in the semi-final Ruben He's playing well. He's, he's weird because obviously he was a bright spot. He's 26 now, Loftus Cheek. Uh, was in the England squad in the 2018 World Cup, but as a, he did his Achilles. He was out for over a year, injured. Loan at, lo, yeah, loan at Palace, which was average. Uh, sorry, loan at Fulham, which was average last season. And this season he's played bit part role. He's played actually at right centre back, 
and right wing back um, for Chelsea, even though he's an, an attacking mid, really, if anything, um, which is very strange. But um, yeah, at the minute he's been playing playing well, and I think Chelsea fans he's still a fan favourite. Uh, the Lewisham Balak is what we call him. I think he'll do well, and I think yeah, and I think Hakim, <laughs> I think Hakim Ziyech. Um, he's going to come in as well. He's not starting in a little while, but like I said, Lukaku at the minute is sitting on the bench. Werner is just not. You said he's inconsistent earlier. He's not. He's consist- consistently shite. Is what Werner is. He is not good. Um, what is the what is the Werner problem? Because blistering pace. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, he's not exactly physical, but I, I, that... I. I'll tell you what the problem is. He can't. He can't drop a ball. He can't. He can't drop a ball. He. he, he I want to see a compilation of like him as like. Like a fifteen-year-old having fun playing football on a cage or on a five-a-side, I want to see a compilation of it because I'm not convinced he can do that. I'm not. I don't know. I can't picture it. Now you can watch the Bundesliga and stuff, and he didn't score goals, but actually he wasn't prolific. He was prolific in terms of his quantity. Or some Bundesliga, he banged twenty-five in a season, but he missed loads of chances. Now that's not a problem because he was getting loads of chances, so he's skilled to score twenty-five, thirty a season, and that's great because you're not watching him every week. So you don't see this. You just see Werner scored thirty-four this season for Leipzig, and great. I don't care if he scores thirty-four a season. I don't care how many he misses. But at Chelsea, I say we don't play sort of transition counter-attacking football so he hasn't really got that space in behind and unfortunately when he does he misses anyway um, now I think he's there's a player in there he's just it's just one of them that is destined to not happen at Chelsea uh, yeah. and I don't think he's suited to the Premier League at all there's not enough space in behind in the Premier League how often um, realistically even the top teams, do you see a player really like sort of running through one on one in the Premier League or running through yeah. that much space? You know, like a situation where it's like a 3v3 attackers, v2 defenders. It's not that often. They're not caught out that often, even the teams down the bottom. Um, and Werner this season has scored in in two Premier League games. And they were both against Southampton. And Ralph Arsenal puts Bednarek and whoever else on the halfway line, like a Bundesliga team, and lets Werner run behind them. And last season is one of his very few Premier League good performances also against Southampton where he did the same thing so against Bundesliga style teams like Southampton he can do it but um, yeah I just don't it's, it's not going to happen at Chelsea and for me he's one of them who just shouldn't be starting games to be fair to me he scored I think two in the last three but he was poor against Palace again I think and um, I think I'd rather have ZX again a bit inconsistent but he's a moments player and he can provide something his left foot is very very good uh, I think he's a bit underrated because he's not done as much at Chelsea. He's really not started that many games like he was doing at Ajax and he was in the Champions League and he really was like the star man of that team. I know they had De Jong and De Ligt and all that as well but yeah, in the attack was you know, the main man and he's not, never going to be that at Chelsea. It's kind of like the Grealish thing at Man City. Like, he obviously was amazing mm-hmm. at Villa and it gets a bit crazy in the season but he's on the bench a lot and when he's not he is playing well but he's never going to he's not getting the ball every time because they've got Foden and Bernardo and De Bruyne I think it's a similar thing with Ziyech because he's not going to do that but he's good for cutting in him with his left foot and just finding a goal out of nothing um, so I think I think he deserves to start and yeah we've had it some amount of danger men as well Nice Nice Well this mate this has been great um, I'm now even more scared um, No <laughs> I don't think I... you should be I, 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 to be honest I've, I've put a um, a score prediction down here as well I, I'll tell you what I've put um, what I wrote down earlier was I actually think Chelsea are going to win 2 0, and I think Reese James and Hakim Ziyech score. But um, I really wouldn't be surprised if this is, you know, Arsenal get a point or even a win because it would be typical, like you said, for Arsenal to come to the bridge and do that after the current form. And like I say, you, you've become a little bit of a burger team. It's quite frustrating for Chelsea fans, so you're bragging rights and stuff. Luckily, obviously, there's a gap between the in points in the table between us guys at the minute, so you're not really you're not going to 
threaten us in terms of taking us over. So it's not going to be yeah. anything like that. So it's not it's not that important if you beat us. But obviously we don't want it. Um, but I, I, my official prediction, I'll put as a 2-0, Ziek and James. But um, honestly, I think tomorrow anything could happen. It's one of them that could be like an unbelievable game or it could just be a drop nil nil no but it is it's like there are those games in a season um you know i always look to 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 chelsea arsenal i think about you know i always think arsenal united as well uh because of the rivalry from like the early 2000s those games it doesn't matter the form it doesn't matter that the, you know it literally anything can happen it's 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 balmy and um, i'm very much looking forward to it Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for absolutely saving me and coming on. This has been sensational. Um, please uh, just take a second. I know, obviously, you're at, um, just trying to do. You, uh, if you, you please feel free to plug your personal Twitter if that's something you want to do. I don't know, like if you. I'll just. I'll just say you use your personal Twitter for football. Yeah, to be fair, my personal Twitter is in the trenches, mate. I, I, anyone listening, I wouldn't follow me. Uh, I wouldn't follow me. I do tweet about football occasionally, but it's mainly just. And uh, inappropriate things on there, so uh, I'd follow. <laughs> You'll find it if you go and so if you follow um, at the Chelsea spot. Um, we don't only do Chelsea stuff, so I know everyone listening here is going to be Arsenal fans. Obviously, our, tw- our Twitter feed is quite Chelsea. We've got the podcast stuff as well. We've got people on there like Pat Nevin, uh, a few football agents um, that we know, and journalists and things like that. So it's it, and quite a lot of the content we do isn't isn't all all Chelsea especially on the podcast so it's worth following there and like I say the guys that, are, that work with over there Orlando and Parf are great with academy stuff and, and we go to you know if there's an Arsenal under 18 versus Chelsea under 18 we tend under 18 games sorry we, we tend to go to them and, and sort of look at these things and um, Orlando writes for scouted football and stuff as well and, and has done think pieces on Arsenal players and stuff as well so um, yeah definitely just check those guys out but thanks so much for having me on mate you know it's good to good to chat about a game uh, with someone who, who clearly knows a bit of ball himself so uh yeah, it's, oh, been, it's been good. <laughs> no, no, no. It's always good to chat. I, I, you know, this is why I do, this is why we do it. I love it. Um, but yeah, please head over, check them out, give them a follow. Um, thank you guys so much for for listening, for making it this far. Uh, and yeah, so uh, keep it diff knock. We will see you next time. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com, find us on Twitter at DiffKnock, and visit our website, thedifferentknock.com. Thanks. Podcast Network.